0: Welcome to Are We There Yet?, the podcast looking at the innovations emerging from the workshops, labs and secret test tracks of Hyundai. Across this series, we've heard about technology which is changing our world, as well as our responsibilities and our attitudes. I'm talking about reducing our waste, erasing our carbon footprint and building sustainable industries. It has happened to us, you know, I'm I'm crazy about mountains and I've seen lots of different hills and mountains close to charging stations in great places where we could take a little walk. In this episode, we're meeting a man who's bringing this social responsibility to the world of film and music through green TV, a low CO2 orchestra and a carbon neutral commute across the length of Europe. I'm Susie Perry, and this podcast comes to you from Hyundai Motor. Today, I'm talking to the actor Len Kudravitsky. And Len has been part of more than 50 television and film productions, notably starring in the German detective drama Split Homicide, although English speakers will be more likely to recognise him from TV shows like Vikings and Unorthodox. But Len is also an accomplished musician and founder of the Berlin Show Orchestra, as well as being the sustainability brand face of Hyundai Motor Deutschland. That's quite some list, Len. Hello.
1: Hello. hey Susie. (laughs) Thank you for this great introduction.
0: Let's start by talking about your career a little bit. You've been acting in movies and television since 1996 with so many different projects. Which would you say stand out to you as being the most memorable?
1: One of my latest projects now is Vikings, and Vikings was so special because of the cast. We had all great people, great actors, talented people. It was a green production. We had no plastic on set. It was all... uh, sustainable in a way from the beginning till the end because no one was allowed to behave badly so and that's why i think this whole series is so um successful and at the end for everyone so enjoyable and it was for me to spend my time in ireland it was great to spend the time with these people with great screenplays and talented people at the end it was just fantastic The other thing was counterfeiters to get the Oscar for the foreign language film. That was amazing to be part of the ceremony, to be in L.A. and to get this honour to be part of such a great project.
0: You get to work in a a lot of different places, don't you? Just sort of listening to you there. And obviously there's been countless other shows that you've worked on. How, How did you get on with the people in Ireland? You know,
1: to be honest, I'm playing in an Irish folk band since more than 20 years and I founded this band with a friend of mine who was already an Irish folk fan and he would play it in another band. So I'm in love with Ireland. I'm in love with the Irish people. I'm in love with the Irish music, which is the basic of uh, so many great melodies and hit songs around the world. So I feel a lot of uh, Irish um, soul in me.
0: To be able to travel and to entertain as you do, not just as an actor, but also as a musician, must be very special. I mean, I would imagine there's lots of great nights where, you know, you can just start playing music and entertain people and make people smile, which is so special, isn't it?
1: It's absolutely special. And for me, it's the key to the heart. And I always travel with my violin. And uh, for example, on Jake Ryan, I was working with Kevin Costner, who is a great musician and a great man, a cool man and he has always his guitar with him on set. So we joined together and we we started playing music, uh, his folk songs, my Irish folk songs. We started jamming in between the scenes. Today, Today is my day.
0: Kira Knightley was also on that film, and Chris Pine. Did they join in? Were they singing BVS, or was there a tambourine being shaken by Kira?
1: <laughs> Inside, of course. <laughs> like uh, Kira was singing, we had them great. We had great night shoots, and they are talented, and they are so respectful to other people, and they're respectful to other colleagues. So they all play on the same level of responsibility to other human beings, to the environment. So that's why these people are coming together and and creating great projects. And it it starts at this point where you have to be sustainable, sustainable in your behavior, in, in your vision on the world. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's really philosophy, but our life is so short. And we have to use our life in a good way.
0: You've mentioned the environment, you've mentioned sustainability there. Um, You're very interested in humanitarian causes and sustainability. What was it that inspired this? Was there a moment where you realised that you needed to do something? Or have you always been very aware of the environment and the damage that's being caused to it?
1: Of course, I was always aware of the environment, but there was one... Actually, there was one moment where I realized that at the same time when we're bringing entertainment to the people, we are bringing some bad impact to the same people. With Jimmy Somerville, we were on stage and we're playing together in Frankfurt in front of 10,000 people. We had a rehearsal and every break, my musicians came up from stage and took a cup with water, drank and then threw away the cup. So I like, oh my God, I have 30 people on stage. Everyone is drinking in every break. It's like around 300 cups at the end of the day. And the trash is gonna be like a truck full of plastic. So it doesn't make sense. As a producer of the orchestra, I started, okay guys, we have to change something.
0: So this is really overlapping into your professional work as an actor. And do you feel as though it's having an effect on other actors as well and making them maybe think a bit more about uh, sustainability?
1: Absolutely. Seven years ago, I started with this whole theme of climate change, communicating things we can change uh, to think about the environment. And I was sitting in in some interviews and talk shows and the people were like having a little smile on their lips. Like, well, it's interesting, but they don't get me serious. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like, because it's not, it didn't seem like it was a box office subject to talk about. So they were almost like, oh yeah, but here's some big stories. And yeah, actually, ironically, this is the big story.
1: Absolutely. It was always this ironically uh, view on it. It was, oh, you are producing climate change projects who are fighting against the climate change with, uh, to think about your foot carbon footprint and like, Yes, I do. And maybe we do it all together. Then it's much more easier and and the impact will be bigger. And now we are seven years later and the whole theme is like everywhere. And it's like everyone is talking about there's Fridays for Future. The whole generation stands up and fights for it. And this feels so good that, you know, it's like the the drop into the water. And then it just grows. And this is like planting a tree. You know, it's fantastic.
0: Where do you think we are with the film industry in terms of sustainability? Do you think that we're anywhere near a point where actors might say, I don't want to work on that film because you're not offering a sustainable production? Or do you think that's some way off? I think there
1: is still a big way to go, but um, it's growing so fast right now. And in Germany, we have um, the financing of our films in Germany. They're mostly from the state We are pushing green productions. We are thinking about the screenplays because it's all about the story. If the story happens in France, Italy, uh, Spain, America, then we have to travel a lot. And so it's about how we develop our stories, our characters. There's a big change coming up. I'm optimistic.
0: That's good to hear. Tell us a little bit more. You already have, but a bit more about your philosophy today. How do you live your life and how does it relate to climate change?
1: I start traveling with an electric car to most of my uh, film sets. This is the first point. I'm vegetarian. I don't use plastic cups. I don't use coffee to go in a one way use cup. Yeah, I use my bike. I look around where our show costumes, the costumes coming from. My flat, my home, my office is always green electricity and so on. It's all about trying to find the points where you can make your footprint smaller.
0: To try and achieve that uh, carbon neutrality, which as we know Hyundai are trying to do by 2045. You're the brand face actually, aren't you? So where, where does that partnership originate from and what was it about Hyundai that originally attracted you?
1: I had to go to Croatia it's now like three years ago, before Corona, and I made a decision, I wanna show my fans around the world, this is possible to travel with a zero emission from Berlin to split to Croatia. And I choose the bike that year. And I traveled with my bike from Berlin, 1400 kilometers over the Alps, over like with a friend of mine, And it was fantastic. It was a travel of seven days and the production was very happy when I finally arrived. So, and then next year I wanted to do it again, but then Corona came up with all these borders and the production for, of course, didn't allow me to do it again. And then I came up uh, with the idea, okay, but I have to travel with a zero emissions. So um, then I started thinking about the car and there were electric cars and then I called the Hyundai and realized that they are working some great people and they loved my idea of traveling with an electric car and they gave me the chance to use this car it was uh, that year it was the, the Kona it was a red car and was a very like a flame flying through Europe you know <laughs> and with zero emissions and it was fantastic to see how different traveling can be because I, was, I never used a car on, on such a long distance. I just used electric cars, vehicles in the city in Berlin, and that was already amazing. But to travel 1,400 kilometers with the pressure of I have to be there on time, um, I don't want to get lost, and you know. So, and then I saw all these uh, charging stations everywhere on the highways, in the cities, because you don't see them if you don't need them. And that was impressive. And I fell in love with traveling um, with electric vehicles and um, I used this car and, in Croatia and I realized that I don't have to pay there for charging my car because they have this kind of project. So, ooh, it was
0: <laughs> <laughs> The planning then, because obviously when you're doing a long journey in an electric car, you're instantly like, right, how much charge am I going to get? Uh, how far can I go? Where's the nearest? Station for me to charge my car. How long will I have to wait there? How about the planning for that trip? You're making it sound like it was reasonably simple. Was it?
1: At the beginning, it was, um, to be honest, a bit afraid because I had no idea. I've never like if you don't see the net of these charging stations, then you're thinking, like, where are gonna charge? I was telling my friends that I have this sickness of being afraid my car is going to be empty and I will get lost on the highway without any electricity. In the first uh, travels, I was charging my car every 100 kilometers because I was afraid of it. But the Kona, for example, you can travel with the Kona from Berlin to Munich without any break. So that was fun. But now I get used to it. You know, I go like it's a kind of... Um, challenge to like this time I will go to two percent of the battery and then I will see where the charging station is you know (laughs) so it's it's fun it's I, I really love it
0: and 2021 you drove the Kona electric again the latest version what did you make of the car itself over the two years that you used it
1: For me, the Kona is is a fantastic car because the battery is big and you don't need so much electricity for long distance. But at the end, for me, if you have to go somewhere and to do it fast and on time, it's really important to um, upgrade the charging time. And this is where I was so happy to get the chance to drive the uh, Ionic 5, where you have this new technology. And this is like future, this is like enterprise, Like it's, it's Captain Kirk. You make a stop on the charging station, then you see the number of 300 kilowatt per hour, and it just pushes the electricity into your car. And then, like, I, I think it's 100 kilometers in five minutes. This was just like, it was amazing. and um, Warp speed. Absolutely. Warp. Beam me up. Beam me up, Scott. <laughs>
0: It is like that. Then I heard a lot of people talk about the Arnic Five like a spaceship feeling to it. You know, it's such a beautiful car to look at. And
1: and the traveling without any, like the electric car is so quiet. And I'm such a fan of classical music and I love to listen to music. And when I hear a podcast or whatever, it feels so close and there's no... Sometimes it's, it was fun in the past, but now it's better... A nice beethoven or uh some romantic violin concerts you know what i'm you know what i'm talking about i, I sort of do
0: but you're far more cultured than <laughs> i am and um i can't admit to listening to beethoven in the car but i will i will have a go i want to talk a bit more about the ionic five but before i get into the detail of that you said earlier you, you were kind of doing this obviously you know for your own heart and soul but also to show people that knew who were your fans that you can do this and everyone can do their own part so how has the response been from them?
1: As an ambassador of UNICEF I'm very into helping kids this is our future too this is where the themes coming together like saving the environment it means saving the future for our kids with my carbon-neutral travel to my film set, it means for me to collect money for the kids. Together with Hyundai and uh, UNICEF, we collected so much money, we collected so many ideas, we showed um, the people a real different world of traveling, of helping each other. I want to have a car. Like, to be honest, I want to have a great car. I I need a car, I need uh, clothes, I want to have a house, but I want to have it in a good way without letting someone else paying with their country, with their world. You know what I mean? So if we collecting nets from the seas to make them used for the material in the car,
0: this is really fascinating. We did a podcast on this and the guys that collect those ghost nets from the sea and these are the nets from fishermen that end up remaining in the sea and kill wildlife and fish forever and ever and ever. So they're trying to take these ghost nets out and they want, like, what shall we do with them? And Hyundai have been able to use them in the cars, in the Ionic 5 for the floor mats. You saw this in process, didn't you, in action? What, what was that like?
1: That was fantastic to see these ghost divers. They are like cowboys. They are heroes. For me, they are heroes. They they go on the sea. They dive. And um, it's not this kind of holiday vacation mode diving, beautiful rifts, beautiful fishes. No, it's not. You, you have a distance of view for one meter. You go dive there with this wreck under the water. You grab this net, what is absolutely... It's into this wreck already, like really, how do you say that?
0: Entwined. Yes,
1: entwined. And they're like really ready to die for it, you know what I mean? And I was on the boat grabbing these nets out of the water to see what they are doing and to get an, uh, um, a feeling of what it means to grab these nets, these ghost nets out of the water. And then at the end... To sit in the Ionic 5 and to see where the end of these nets are, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> all this stuff that you do, all these uh, trips that you make and discoveries that you find, you obviously share them with your children. Do they get involved in sustainability? What, what do they make of it all?
1: To let your kids be part of your life. It shows them your ideas, your lifestyle. I'm the hero for my, my kids. They look at me like, okay, this is my dad. I have to show them a good way of life. And this is the biggest job I have to do. And this is the biggest responsibility. So at the end, it works out. I look at my kids, I'm such a proud dad. And I see how they behave with each other. My daughter never would like throw any waste away on the street. and But with happiness, it's not about like... That I blame her when it happened? No, it's about like, look, when you do that, then it happens that, that it makes it this, you know, it's like, and it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I love it.
0: And they've decided not to eat meat as well, your kids.
1: Right. I just showed them that I don't need eat. At one point I'd made the decision for me. It was not possible to eat meat anymore. It just happened to me. And then they asked me and I told them what it makes, what the... um, killing animals, what it makes the environment to keep the animals growing in Argentina, Brazil, wherever, it doesn't matter where. So at the end, they said, okay, then it doesn't make sense for us too. And they stopped eating meat.
0: podcast is called Are We There Yet? So in the context of sustainability, how much progress has the world made so far, do you think? And how much further has it got to go?
1: Oh, it's just the beginning. I live in Berlin. In my um, hood, It's a I, I call it the green bubble. Of course, I'm surrounded by people who are uh, thinking the same way like me. Uh, and uh, when, when I traveled to India, oh my God, that was really... I love these people. I love this uh, way of thinking about what is the living about. But what these society are doing to their environment, it crushed my heart. It was really, really tough to see this. But we have to, in our first world, we have to be the first to change something. If we don't change it, no one else will change it, right? So it's about inspiration. It's about bringing the... In German, uh, we say it: "den Ball zum rollen." The ball has to start rolling, you know, and then it will never stop again.
0: Yeah, gathering momentum, which is possibly where where you feel we're at now. How, How do you think Hyundai? What has Hyundai accomplished since you first came on board as a sustainability ambassador?
1: For me to see a company like Hyundai with electric vehicles, and to see. That a company tries to find ideas or other companies who are working in the same way to save the environment, it's for me already the right way and the right partners for me to go with to inspire people.
0: What do you think the next steps are and major milestones that we should be looking out for on this path to progress? I mean, obviously decision makers need to be looking at a longer term option rather than just the short terms that they may be in that position of power. They need to be looking at the next generation down and how to leave the world for them. What do you think are the next things that we should be looking at?
1: I'm just an actor. I'm just a musician, you know, but the idea of bringing companies together who are thinking in the same way, It's like when we go on stage with my orchestra, um, we are trying to bring together the companies who are thinking about what kind of electricity I'm using, where comes the customer, the instruments. To put 30 people into a train uses uh, um, green electricity to bring the people to the stage, you know what I mean? It's getting faster and faster, this change of this world. And I hope there will be more companies making their money with saving the environment and not just to destroy it
0: i think that's a great line to finish on len thanks so much for joining us for the podcast it's been really fun talking to you i've loved meeting you if you're excited by the ways hyundai are developing progress for humanity you can find out more at hyundai.com and don't forget to follow or subscribe to the are we there yet podcast from your usual podcast provider it means that you'll never miss an episode Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.